Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war With nearly three decades experience in the medical world, Dr. Tina Moore is a leading expert in holistic regenerative medicine and resilient metabolic health. Traditionally and alternatively trained in science and medicine as both a naturopathic physician and chiropractor, she brings a unique perspective to those wishing to build a more robust foundation in their health and well-being. She is a podcast host, author, speaker, kettlebell devotee, and mother. She is a fierce advocate for health autonomy and personal responsibility. She helps others improve through her many offerings at drtina.com. And that's D-R-T-Y-N-A.com. And on her podcast, The Dr. Tina Show. Her true passion is coaching and healthcare practitioners to utilize social media and build the online business of their dreams so they aren't shackled by illegal mandates and can enjoy more time, money, and autonomy. I've been following Dr. Tina for probably a couple of years now on Instagram, and I have just loved her no-nonsense, straightforward kind, sometimes harsh, but much needed approach. (laughs) And so um, thank you for being here, Dr. Tina. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to connect today. And yes, I know it is sometimes harsh, but hey, sometimes we got to throw it down to get people to listen, you know? (laughs) Well, you know, and I agree 100%. I mean, I'd rather have somebody, you know, shoot straight from the hip than not. And, um, and you're very open, you know, you're very open about your life and, and, you know, the choices that you've made to get you to where you are today. And, and I'll tell you from a nurse perspective, that just really realized in 2020, how corrupt our healthcare system is. I have so much more respect for the naturopathic and the chiropractor physician so much more where I would much rather go see you and recommend others go see you than the traditional MD. You know, that's, that's so thank you. Thank you for being a leader in more ways than one. Well, thank you. I I'm trying, you know, it's, a, it was a sad day because I would say that the large majority of the naturopathic profession drank the Kool-Aid on all this. So it's, that's been a hard one to watch happen, but there's wow. some good ones out there still. So, yeah, well, I, I think I've seen more chiropractors in the, in this movement than anybody actually. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. Yeah. Even the natural, you know, vegan, um, you know, hippie type people, they, they drank the Kool-Aid. Yes, they did. <laughs> 
it was weird to watch, you know, watch people just folded right over. And I, I don't know mm -hmm. if it was due to fear or if it was due to threat or it was due to getting paid off, but it was, it's been a wild ride these past few years. And I'm grateful for people like you who, you know, you were entrenched in a system that yeah. there was, you know, no dissent if you even turn sideways. So for you to do what you've done has been really, really brave as well. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, I do think you hit the nail on the head though. It, it, you know, by suggesting that it's fear, it, it was all fear. Actually, the more I look back at it and, and, and I realize, like, oh my gosh, like this is three years, right? Three years. And, and, and it's not like we've had a mass awakening, right? You know, it's still the same people that knew something was wrong, but was not willing to risk their comfortability. Um, and, um, and they, you know, that they're still miserable doing what they're doing and even more miserable because they didn't stand up for what was right. And now they're suffering the consequences. Would you agree to that? Amen. Yep. Yeah, that was that was kind of my thing the whole time. I thought, well, for one, I was not going to let my daughter. She's an she's an adult. She was 20 when 2020 hit. It was supposed to be her big year. She just come out of a really difficult several years of depression. And we finally had her on track. Finally, after many years of just really, really she here in Portland, uh, we were seeing the early signs of the fentanyl issue coming through. So she wow. had just by the 20 years old, she'd lost like 20 some friends to fentanyl. Wow. Yeah. Just brutal suicides, uh, overdoses, et cetera. And she had just come out of a really dark, long phase and was thriving when COVID hit. And there was no way I was going to let her see me fold. Well, there was no way I would fold. I, I cannot tolerate injustice. And I, mm -hmm. I understand what I understand well enough to know that nothing was adding up and I could see them lying through their teeth <laughs> yeah. as they spoke from the yeah. TV screen. And I was like, I will not, you know, as long as I am breathing, I'm not afraid. I'm old enough to, yeah, I'm kind of a bitter old gal at this point. And I thought, you know, I'll die on this hill. So yeah. be it. Before so they silence, be it. You know, yeah. it's fine. And I, I will not be silent and let my daughter watch me cower. So I, to my colleagues who did cower, especially to those who attacked me for, I got viciously attacked by the naturopathic profession of all people for um, telling people to get enough protein and exercise and go out in the sun. I mean, it was wild, the vicious attacks. And to those people, I invite them to sit with and think about how they modeled lack of courage for their children. Well, exactly. And, and yeah, they, they modeled lack of courage. So they modeled fear, yep. right? Cause that's the opposite of courage is fear. So they demonstrated that and our poor children, you know, you, you look back at it and you can see how they have been systematically attacked and they, they are coming after our children. This isn't just a, you know, um, phrase that people like to say, you know, that this is actually happening and it's how <clears throat> it happened on so many different levels, right. Um, from education to, uh, spiritual, um, aspects to racism, um, to downright evil transgender ideologies, 
I, you know, I'm not sure exactly how you feel about that, but, um, I, I, I just see they're, they're completely attacked. Well, you know, I, it's, it's interesting because I grew up in Portland. I was, I was a bleeding liberal when all of this started, to be totally honest with you. And I, I'm, I'm much more of a moderate, but man, I had really gone to that side of things because it's just, you're engrossed in it here in the Pacific Northwest. And, yeah. um, I mean, one of my best friends is trans super good guy. Like God, he's a doctor. He's, he's a, he's a family guy. I mean, he's, he's the, the version of what we're seeing happen now is not at all what that group was kind of originated on. I don't know. I can't speak for them because I'm not part of that community, but I was yeah. a big part of the LGBTQ community. Like it's, it's Portland, right? Like anything goes, keep Portland weird was the slogan. Like Portland was a really right. fun place to grow up. I was a punk rock kid. I was hanging out at drag shows at 21, but it was a 21 and over thing, you know, and what we're seeing now is, I don't even know, like it's things have gotten way, way out of hand. That's, that's, that's how I'll put it. And I, I actually think that the masking of children, I mean, what we did to our elders in the, in the isolation was horrific. And I can't even like, it makes me crazy angry to even think about, but Mm -hmm. what we did to our children and here in Oregon, especially in Portland, they're still masking these kids. These parents are, in my opinion, abusing their children horrifically. These kids are now so attached to their mask that it's like a binky. They can't let go of it. They will never take it off. And so now we're seeing parents with no masks on, but all the kids are still masked. It's just wild, the psychology that what they've done to these kids' heads. But I, from the beginning, said masking was child abuse. And I don't think we would be where we are right now a few years later where we are like in Oregon right now they are currently trying to pass a bill that allows for 10 year old children actually children of any age from what I understand it's a very uh it's it's HB 2002 and it's poorly written and basically what it's saying is that a child of any age can opt to have gender change or abortion without parental consent, without parental consent. So a child as young as 10 even, or younger. I mean, it's not even clear in the bill. So the fact that we are allowing children to make the decision to mutilate themselves before they're even of age to make those decisions or know what the heck's going on, I don't think it would have gotten this far if we hadn't started by masking them. Oh, like, absolutely. Right? Like we yes. normalized abusing children to the point where now we're continuing to normalize abusing children. Mm-hmm. I was a I was a dirty little tomboy when I was a kid. I mean, I still am a tomboy. I still have short hair. Had I grown up in this day and age, I can't even imagine which route I would have been pushed towards, you know? I mean, I mm-hmm. it's, it's wild. And then in the middle there, we started using children as human shields by vaccinating them for a disease they had no risk of dying from. We knew by the time that these vaccines were rolled out on little kids and babies that it didn't stop transmission. So it wasn't protecting grandma and grandpa. And I studied animal behaviorism and zoology in undergrad. Like that's where my focus was, was on animal behaviorism. And there is no other species of mammal that sacrifices their children as a shield to protect their elders. It's quite the opposite, right? right. <laughs> so we have normalized these degrees of abuse, in my opinion. And it's been just, I I, ugh, I can't even, it, it enrages me to my core that things have gotten to this point. And I'm, again, I'm not throwing the trans community under the bus whatsoever. How people choose to live their lives is none of my business. And I fully support anybody for their freedom of speech, their freedom of expression, their freedom to live the way they want to live. I don't think it's okay that we're involving children in it. 
No, like that's, that's the line. <laughs> that, well, and that's the thing. And you know, and I, so yes, I have a friend too, that's trans and, and it's really transvestite, right? Like this is the word that we've always used. Um, transgender to me would, if somebody said that they were transgender, I would, um, immediately my brain would think that they like, you know, chopped off their penis, um, and they're, they're no longer living as the biological person that they were born to be. Right. Um, and so the saying, you know, somebody reminded me actually on a post, they're like, Oh, you mean transvestite? And then I was like, yeah, wait, I haven't heard that word in a long time. And so I Googled it and it, and it said, you know, um, the opposite living, um, you know, as a, a man or a woman. And I, and I'm like, right. And, and th that's, that's people's choice. That just like you said, you want to live that way. Like I said, I have friends, you know, that live that way. And, and, and that was fine, but to push it down our children's, uh, throats and make them question, um, you know, who they are and what they are, especially at such an age where, you know, lots of us grew up and kissed the same sex and, you know, um, it, it's just part of being a child and we're telling them that, oh no, you're probably a girl or a boy and, um, to start chemically castrating them yeah. or is, is a whole, is, is another level. Like, yeah, it's a whole other, other yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I leave the kids alone. Wait, this leave is, them alone. The classroom is no place for these discussions. <laughs> this is, it's nobody's business how their teachers identify. Like none of this is, they should be learning academic skills and life skills, not, yeah, you know, it's, it's hypersexualization of children, in my opinion. And that's yeah. my opinion. I'm much more of a libertarian. I just want to be left alone. And I, fully support the rights of anybody who just wants to be left alone as well. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm not going to shove any of my idealism down a child's throat. And I don't think that someone's sexual preferences or discussing a child's sexual preferences. I mean, kids don't know their heads from their ass. I didn't know what I was doing until I was about 25. Right. Exactly. <laughs> until my prefrontal <laughs> cortex was fully developed. I did not know which way was up. Right. I was making all right. kinds of disastrous decisions about my life. Same. So. <laughs> Same. That's kind of where I'm at. It's like, Wait till you're in, wait till you're an adult. And I won't even, you know, when a, someone who's 18 to 25 comes to me and starts uh -huh. talking to me, even if it's really profound information, of course, I'll listen to them and honor them. But I, most of the time I'm like, come back when you're 25 and I'm talking <laughs> to an adult because it's a different story then, right? There's a different right. brain and cognitive and life development that happens between those years. So I really say like, you know, be in your twenties, make sure you, it, it, back when I was young and when you were, I mean, we're about the same age, um, you know, even just opting for a vasectomy was before you had children or having your tubes tied before you had children was considered extreme. Yes. You know, really. And doctors wouldn't even do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I actually inquired. I didn't want so children. Did I. Yeah. And I asked about it and they were like, no way are we even going to have this conversation with you. And I was in my twenties. So, you know, we've, we've, things have changed, but, and regardless, like just leave the kids out of it. That's yeah. We we've used them as shields. We're using them as divisive tools. We've masked them. We've injected them. It's horrific. It it absolutely is. And, and you know, like uh, I don't know how we got off on that conversation, but <laughs> so much 
just for metabolic health. (laughs) It's like, it's like the elephant in the room we have to talk about. Nobody wants to, you know, I, I, uh, well, again, I have several friends that are transgender and I'm not, this isn't a stance I'm going to take on social media and my friends know where I say, even then are like my my friends who are trans are like, what the hell is going on? Right. Same. This is not not reflective of our community and of our beliefs. And one of my friends is an older uh, gay guy and he's like, do you understand what we went through to fight for our rights? And this group of people who are mentally unstable are, uh, you know, basically appropriating our community and pulling us into it. And now everybody's being vilified. And this is just not, I mean, these are family people. These are people, these are good people who've been fighting just for the right to have a same-sex relationship, you know, throughout the eighties and nineties. It's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, it's gotten out of hand. It has. And, and, you know, I want to talk a little bit more. What intrigued me uh, was you saying that you grew up in Oregon and you were, you considered yourself a a liberal, uh, right? Uh, Prior to COVID. Now for me, if somebody asked if I was Democrat or Republican, I would say Republican, but how ignorant I was is that I didn't even really know much about the Libertarian Party. Well, once I found out about that, really after blowing the whistle, I, I really would put myself in the middle. And I think most people are in the middle. Just leave, being a good person, help out your neighbor and leave me alone. <laughs> Do what right. you want, you know? Right. And and there is a community aspect. Like I, I definitely, um, I don't like taxes, but I understand when taxes are being used appropriately that we're helping with social services and we're helping people get a leg up when they need it. I've been there. I've been in bankruptcy as a single mom. I understand. Same. Uh, but things have just really gotten out of hand and the it's it's wild like the 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 far left has become the fascists and mm-hmm. they it's everything they you know the the antifa movement i mean not to get too far off on this but that group really started in portland several yeah. years ago long before 2020 and i don't think what people realize is in 2020 there were riots for 220 some days straight in portland our city looks like gotham city it's gone it's yeah. destroyed and as it was happening um i could see i mean it was just a microcosm of what was to come for the whole country. And so to see, and I'm not even like if somebody, let's just put it this way. I understand the right to peacefully protest and I support it 100%. Like I am a rabble rouser. If something is wrong, make your flag, make your sign and go out, take to the streets, take action. Right. I'm, I'm all for it. So I'm not throwing Antifa under the bus either. I just, things got way out of hand and people are confused. Violence has ensued. Um, there's been a lot of violence in Portland and we won't even go into the city anymore. And I, it's my, it like, it makes me want to cry. I freaking love Portland. I grew up in Portland. I went to Portland State University. I live downtown. I love that city so much. And I cut my teeth there, you know, and it was a cool kind of seedy punk rock town back then. And it turned into a very gentrified, fancy foodie tourist attraction in the past decade or so. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful place if people haven't seen it, but it's just been completely obliterated. And now we have a massive homelessness meth crisis happening Mm -hmm. and people just don't want to look at it. And as it was happening, I kept saying like, hello, this is going on. And people would attack me on Instagram and say, you're making it up. It's not real. 
yeah. you know, we were in the throes of the pandemic and it's just the whole thing has been, I don't know. I've just had a unique perspective as we all have. And it's been- well, yours a very unique perspective. And I'm so happy to be talking to you because I didn't know you were from Oregon and that you had endured all that. And that happened to your city. But I will say I was excited to visit Oregon and I went last February or March and we were walking around downtown and the spirit of evil that had the hair on the back of your neck um, just constantly go up where you're realizing, like, do I want to be here? Um, it, it very, very, very dark spirits. And um, and I did see the meth and the, the psych emergencies that were everywhere. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like, this is so sad. And you're right. You know, I would see all the 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 rioting and stuff happen now. You know, Antifa, they're uh, they have no right to do that. I mean, they wrecked no. havoc. They I burned know. things down. They ki- want to kill people. They they I mean, it, demonic forces were are totally leading them. And I can see in June of 2020, so many psych emergencies already coming into our hospital because of the lockdown after just a few months. All of the people that have been, you know, prior to me working for the federal government, I worked in detox and recovery. And there were so many people um, that I knew that had, you know, kicked the um, drugs for years, for decades that went back to it. You know, it just, it was so evil and it, 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 it's a coordinated effort, right? Yeah. But what, how, what is it about you, Dr. Tina, that spoke up, that's speaking up against it? Like, you know, people probably tell you you're courageous and thank <laughs> you for speaking up all the time. And I agree. I thank you for being courageous and for speaking up. But what is it about you that is doing it versus someone else that you respected and have known for years that's not? Oh, I I feel like I got, uh, I feel like I trained for this. I've always sort of been the person to point out the big pink elephant in the room. Like, hey guys, <laughs> what's going on here? And nobody wants to talk about it, right? Everybody wants, whatever it is, every time, ever since I was a kid, I'd point out the obvious and people would get a li- <laughs> A little bit, you know, it, it ruffles some feathers. Um, I just cannot tolerate injustice. And I, uh, the thing about COVID that got me was I had wanted to be a doctor my entire life. I set out to become a doctor when I made the decision when I was five years old. By the time I was 12, I was definitely going pre-med. Um, wow. I, I dedicated my entire life to it. And I had just actually closed down my practice just prior to COVID hitting because I was so burned out and I was so tired of beating the drum of trying to help people make the appropriate lifestyle modifications and them just not being willing to do it. And it was, mm-hmm. it was arduous. And so I actually was getting out of practice and was nearly out completely when COVID hit. And I thought, you know what? Um, I have a voice, I have a platform. I actually almost died of a virus when I was 19. So I'm became obsessed with studying them for a long time. So like well-versed on the 1918 flu, Oh, well-versed on Ebola. Like I, 
I so when this all hit, I'm like, yo, th- this is not how viruses work, you guys. <laughs> this is what they're telling. They're lying. I knew when they said it was droplet and not aerosol that they were lying. I was like, yes, what? This Same. is not right. And then there was this furin cleavage site that was identified. I'm like, that doesn't exist in nature. They're lying. And then they wouldn't talk about the things that we, as naturopathic doctors, we predominantly, whether we realize it or not, are treating a lot of post-viral syndrome in patients. And and I suffered with what you whatever you want to call long haulers, but it was from a different virus for years and years and years. And so we well know the impact of supporting the body and the system with adequate levels of vitamin D and C and zinc and basics, right? Just the basics and that nutritional status matters, that muscle mass matters, that metabolic health matters and what what your blood sugar regulation is doing matters. And so as I was talking about it and getting viciously attacked for it and my my account, I went to bed one, I made a video. I mean, talk about evil forces. I made a video right as the pandemic was hitting. I had 14,000 followers on Instagram. I made a video and it was an eight minute long video and I kept trying to post it and it wouldn't load and it wouldn't load and it wouldn't load and it wouldn't load eight times. And I was on my way out to see my boyfriend out in the country. And I was like, I need this damn video to load so I can go. And finally I hit load and I went down, I was living in an apartment complex in downtown Portland. And I went down the elevator to get into my car and the, you know, the, the parking garage. And as I'm leaving, I realized it posted. And by the time I woke up the next morning, I had like 30,000 new followers. Oh, the video, wow. <laughs> yeah. The video just went. <laughs> yes. And I thought, okay, I have information that's helpful. I know how to help people through this. I've been there myself. I've helped countless patients through getting through either acute viral infections or chronic viral issues. And I just had a video go viral. And I honestly didn't believe in God very much until that next morning. And I woke up and I thought, well, clearly there is a message I'm supposed to get out. Like I wouldn't have gotten (laughs) 30,000 followers overnight if God didn't want me to speak. So I decided to be brave. And fortunately, I was not in practice anymore. So there was not any way to hurt me, you know, I mean, yeah, they could take my license away and that would be terrible because I I enjoy having my license. I use it sometimes when needed, but, and I worked really hard for it, but there was no way to hurt me. If I were seeing patients, it would have been a different story. I, I, I think that I would have gotten in a different kind of trouble, potentially, potentially knock on wood. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand why a lot of people were quiet because we had, you know, come out of school with half a million dollars in debt and we have these massive student loans. And right. like you said, they're comfortable. Um, so I did have a lot to lose, but my income wasn't contingent on my practice anymore. So at least I had that going for me. And I thought, well, you know what? Screw it. I'm going for it. This is wrong. They're lying. I cannot stand it when people lie. And the biggest part for me, like I said, was, and I'll, I'll wrap this up was, um, they really just bastardized science. They obliterated it. They took this thing that I love, that I love since I was a child. I've been a scientist since I was a little kid when I was like finding bugs on the ground and putting them in jars. And I used to find dead birds and bury them and dig them up and look at their bones. Like I have been a scientist since I was tiny and to see them just desecrate that completely in one fell swoop and then turn it into some kind of weird psyop religion of trust the science. I wasn't having that. (laughs) So I think that's what drove me was just sheer 
tenacity and stubbornness. And the more people attacked me, maybe you felt this way too. The more I got attacked, the more I was like, you know what? You're creating the beast you're trying to kill. So keep it up because you are messing with the wrong girl. Well, and and that's exactly <laughs> how I was like, you know what? We'll get back to that after the break. I'll tell you exactly how I felt. Um, guys, do you need to listen to all of the shows that we have on the America Out Loud platform? Um, of the, you 24-7, there are different shows. We have chiropractors, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, police officers, attorneys, doctors, nurses. You know, this Nurses Out Loud, we air five days a week um, alive on America Talk, uh, Talk Radio app and also on iHeartRadio. And each of our shows go to podcast one to two days later on pretty much all of your favorite podcast apps. So guys, I'm just asking you to share. We need to share these days. Share, like, review. Let let these podcast platforms um, know that these are the shows that you want to hear. Um, as Dr. Corey, uh, the fr- one of the founders of uh, Frontline Critical Care Doctors, FLCCC, said the other day in an Instagram post that people need to be getting their information only from like Substack articles, um, podcasters, um, you know, all of those alternative media sources, this is this is what we need to do. And America Out Loud Talk Radio brings it to you 24-7. We'll be right back with Dr. Tina. It's time in this World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait. We wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. 
So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud, and I'm your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley. I have with me Dr. Tina, um, who we discussed the first half of this um, hour about the last three years, essentially. And uh, you know, I asked her at the end of the first half, what made her different and what made her be willing to step up and speak out about what she was seeing. And uh, we shared a, a nice little laugh about the tenacity um, that the two of us have. Uh, she, you know, I was just about to answer what, how I felt and girl, like, <laughs> I seriously, the entire time was, you know, people would say, you can't say that. You can't talk. They're going to censor you. They're going to do this. You're going to get in trouble. And even my bosses who loved me um, were, were saying, Jody, just put the mask on. You know, Jody, you know, just please don't say anything about ivermectin anymore. And, you know, Jody, you know, of whatever you know, whatever they wanted to say. And I said the entire time, and trust me, I thought I was crazy many times. And I asked the Lord, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I crazy? Nobody else is seeing this or nobody else is saying this. How come I'm, I'm so alone when I had so many people that I respected? So many people that I looked up at their practice, looked up to the way they practice as a physician, as a nurse, as a scientist, everything that just lost their mind. And for me, I, I was like, listen, I have the truth on my side and I have science on my side. Everything that they're saying, they are making up. And this is not how we practice. Um, and I have my ethical uh, principles and the oath that I took. So come at me, come at me because I'm going to stand on my ethics and I'm going to stand on like that moral courage, you know, doing what's right when nobody else is looking, you know? And, and, and for me, yeah, I felt the same, like, bring it on, bring <laughs> it on. 
bring it on. And I actually had to go in front of the board. I had more than a dozen complaints against my license after my video aired and they made me undergo a formal ethics evaluation. And, um, I was deemed ethically, um, you know, responsible in my disclosures. And so if I'm ethically, you know, um, acting as an ethic, if I'm acting ethically by recording my colleagues and making that go viral, essentially, because, I saw a patient safety concern. What does it say about everybody that is seeing it, you know, and, and not saying anything. Right. Right. The people who did nothing. I mean, first do no harm. Right. It's so obvious. And the, I have a, a, I've got to give kudos to my medical board here in Oregon because they, I know that several complaints were made against me, or at least I was, you know, a topic of discussion, a quite heated topic, I'm sure from what I've heard. Mm -hmm. And the official stance that they came out with was that the First Amendment stands. And as long as I wasn't hurting patients, and we weren't hurting patients, because I wasn't even seeing patients at the time, then, you know, I'm allowed to say what I need to say. And I feel like I've been respectful. I know I can be pretty blunt sometimes, but I've really tried to uphold a professionalism. I mean, there's times when we get pissed and I mean, the amount of ta- of attacks and the ridiculousness of the attacks, that's a whole other story that we don't have time for, but that someday I need to sit down and write a book about this because I have PTSD mm-hmm. from it. But the more the attacks came in, the more I knew that this was a scam and I was getting information. I think I had a unique perspective because I was one of the few to come out at the very, very beginning. And one of the very few to have an account grow. And I did get deplatformed, but they gave it back to me, which was, I I threatened a lawsuit and I got my account back. Um, But at the end of the day, I was having nurses and doctors from all over the world, from the ICUs all over the world, giving me information. And so I think I had a perspective that was different than say a journalist or even a politician. I was getting firsthand knowledge from all over the world, from first from frontline healthcare pro- professionals. And so I knew what I was saying was right. And yeah. it was adding up with the literature. And really, they were just pissed at me because I was sharing data. I was, I was posting a lot of studies that people didn't want me to post, right? So- the more that happened, the more I knew that there was some malicious, you know, malevolent, like energy happening, because uh, why would they try to silence the helper so hard? Right. And so my board, my board was cool about it. Knock on wood so far, they've been really cool. And I've tried to remain professional. Some people's versions of what professionalism differs, but I think, you know, not not being honest with your patients and not giving them true informed consent and not mm-hmm. trying to be as helpful as possible is uh, an ethics issue. It is absolutely. It, it it completely is an ethics issue. And, and it's, uh, uh, yeah, they, the Arizona state board of nursing, they, they were amazing as well. Like they didn't put me through the ringer, you know, they handled the complaints very professionally and um, yeah, you know, so so that's good. And and so this is why I'm saying it's like if you speak up and you speak the truth and you do so in love, you know, I think you're we're going to be fine. And for right. me, like, you know, I've always had a strong faith, but I have, you know, gone off and done the things that 
you know, my Jody's will had wanted to do. You know, I was 15 with a fake ID going to bars. I was 16 <laughs> and pregnant. You know, I mean, I've lived a life. And so, um, but I but I did know when the Lord called me, I I heard, I heard, and I answered. And so I'd like to touch a little bit about you know, being the liberal from Oregon yeah. <laughs> kind of, you know, has a relationship with, with God. I mean, is it a particular religion? Is it a relationship? Do you even want to discuss it? Oh, sure. So I met my husband, uh, November, 2019, like the very beginning of November, 2019. And he lived out in a little tiny town out in rural Oregon that is out in wine country. It's amazing out here. And He's a Christian conservative. It's funny. My parents were super conservative. <laughs> okay. My dad, like full on MAGA hat when you walk in the front door, you know, Fox oh. News on constantly Republicans. I yes. <laughs> uh, grew up in Orange County, actually. So kind of that Reagan Republican land at the time it was anyway. And then it moved to Oregon. I became a full on liberal because really it was just in response to rebelling against my dad. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Whatever right. he said, I was just going to go do the opposite just to make him mad. Right. <laughs> so I didn't, I, I really have always kind of been a moderate and I think it takes a level of commitment and of intelligence to be a moderate because you have to sit there in the uncomfortable places and watch both sides. I follow news outlets from both sides and, and, and at times both make my skin crawl. It's really yep. difficult listening to the far extremes of both sides. But early on in the pandemic, I got flagged and accused of being a, a QAnon member. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. So I go to my dad and I go to visit my parents and, you know, they live in the suburbs in outside of Portland. And I was like, dad, what's Q-A-N-O-N? And he was like, QAnon? And I said, yeah, I got, I keep getting accused of being QAnon and I don't know what it is. And he got so mad. He got so fired up. He was like, you are a flipping bleeding liberal and you <laughs> have, you have done, it has caused so much friction in this family. He's like, what is this Instagram? Who are these people? You give that to me. I'll tell them what you are. <laughs> like you've been voting the opposite of me your whole life just to make me mad. And he was mm -hmm. so upset. He was like, I'll tell him you're a bleeding flipping liberal. Your, <laughs> your profession is socialist. This, this, you know, this town. And I'm like, dad, you moved us to this town. Remember, I was not happy about it. I was happy in Southern California. And he's like, yeah, you're a flipping liberal. So that was really funny. And I realized quickly that it was a ploy to discredit us. It was not real. It was made up. And we now know with the censorship industrial complex that that was actually one of the strategies was label everybody an extreme yeah. right winger. And then we discredit them that way. So right. that was weird. I got death threats. I mean, it was the whole thing. It was, it was a wild ride. So, um, yeah, so I go to this little tiny church out here in my little town and with my husband and it's awesome. And it's just a good Christian church. And so I would say I've always believed in God. I just, I feel like I get hits from God, like direct hits. Mm -hmm. And so when I don't know what to do, I go outside, we have 40 acres, I go outside on my land. And I'm like, I mean, because there were some times during all of this that I was terrified. I was so stressed out. My health was crumbling. I mean, it's been a wild ride. And I was like, God, what do I do? I don't know what to do. And every single time I ask, I keep hearing the same words, which is fight. Mm. Spite and hold. That's what I keep hearing is hold. Just hold the line on the logic, which is the only thing I know how to do really well is like, I know what is true. I know what the data is saying. I know how to interpret the data. 
It's not matching up with the lies they're telling us. They are assuming that people are too stupid to read it. And I guess people are just too lazy to do so because the yeah. masses got bamboozled. Uh, good people, like you said, smart people. But I have the time and I have the energy, so I'm going to read it. And I, I spent, gosh, my husband at one point was like, God, you spend like eight hours a day just going through data. I was That's all I did the first nine months of the pandemic was just Same. stacks of data. Yep. And so I'm like... I know the truth and this is not matching up. This bullshit they're telling us on the news is not matching up with what the piles of data coming out around the world. And like I said, these frontline mm -hmm. workers who were telling me what was happening in real time from everywhere, from Pakistan to um, Panama to, I mean, you name it. I had people in my DMs telling me what was going on all over the world in real time from the very, very start. And so I just kept praying and I just kept holding. And I think that's what we still need to do. I think we just need yeah. to hold the line. You know, it, it brings me, I don't know of the scripture. Um, and I don't know if we had touched on this, but I was raised in a, in a spirit filled uh, Pentecostal church growing up. And so we went to church about three times a week. And I had done that for as long as I could remember until about 12 and, um, and so I always hear these little scriptures in my head, uh, but only pieces of them, right? Uh, pieces of them. And one that just came to my mind was occupy until I return. And so just recently that, and this is how like the Lord talks to me is through the word, you know, and, and it's just little, you know, you just hear it but you don't hear anything. Right. And, um, like any relationship, the more you get to know someone, you know, the more you get to understand, you know, their behavior and all of that. And through reading the word of God, it's like, I, I never thought I never, I never thought that I needed to read the Bible. I was just like, you know what? It's a, you know, I have a relationship with him and that's it. Well, now I'm really happy that I was at church hearing the word all the time because these little things come to me and I can look up the scripture and see his promise. Right. And so it's, it's interesting through all of this, how I see the remnant rising Right. And they talk about that in scripture. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with that or not, but mm -hmm. it is end times prophecy. And um, and they would say, you know, there will be mass confusion. Well, first, it will be a global event. There'll be mass confusion and chaos because the, the devil is the author of that. And um, and, you know, people will be separated. Families will be separated. We see how many families were separated off of their feelings or thoughts, um, because it's all feelings, right? It's all emotion. None of it was facts. Uh, cause like you, Dr. Tina, I like, I worked night shift and we were slow, you know, because we shut everything down. And for months, that's all I would do for 12 hours, practically on a shift. I would research and read and listen to podcasts. And I had never done that before, but I too was called to do that. And so I had the facts and then I had the scripture of seeing what was actually happening. And, and I know that this is, this is where we're at right now, you know, and it is an occupy until I return because the remnant is, is um, the church 
actually gathering, right? And the church is not a denomination. It's not a religion. It's the people that God is calling like you and I, who would, we would never be suspected really of being the Christian who's shining their light into the world. You know, if you look at the judgments that Christians quote unquote put on other Christians, I actually don't even like even identifying as a Christian anymore. You know, I say that I'm a follower of Yeshua because I understand that like we are the church and he is the, he is the pastor of it. There is no, uh, nobody. So we, we are definitely at a time where people are recognizing that and, um, and, and we're having to be open and loving and kind, but we're having to actually speak the truth as well. Like it's our obligation. If you know the truth to speak it and there's scripture about that too. Uh, but right. If you know the truth, it just seems like a complete moral dilemma to withhold it because you're scared. Like what a cowardly right. way to function in the world. I can't imagine. I just, I don't know. And I'm, I guess the other thing is I'm not afraid to die. Yeah. So I, there was no point of this where I was like, I mean, I was like, okay, everyone's going to get the virus straight up. Everyone's going to get exposed at least. And their immune systems are going to do what, what they do. We might as well have your immune system in good shape. So it doesn't freak out on you. Mm -hmm. And people did not want to hear that. They did not want to hear. They would fight me on it and, and attack me on it. And I'm like, you're all going to get COVID. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Like there uh -huh. are the natural laws of order and I, you can't, uh, humans don't get to you know, usurp that like there are just <laughs> right. And so, and then there is this darkness versus light. And I can, I can, I felt it immediately. Like you said, I mean, Portland immediately had a dark cloud come over it. And I joke, I don't know if you ever watched Buffy the vampire slayer, but yes. my, my daughter was like, mom, Portland's the hell mouth. Uh -huh. like straight up Portland's the hell mouth when this whole, I joke about the zombie apocalypse, but when it starts, it's going to come out of Portland, right? It's gonna, yeah. And it is, it's, <laughs> it's already happening. So anyway, all that to say is there is definitely a dark versus light component of this. And I feel, I, uh, I believe in a bit of a vengeful God. I will say that. And mm -hmm. I, I, from the very beginning, it was so weird when I met my husband, I didn't, I didn't dream back then. I, I was too stressed out. I hadn't dreamt for like a decade or more. And I had this very vivid dream of him with these huge black wings. And I called him and I was like, I know you're religious and all. And I just had a crazy dream. I wanted to tell you, but I saw you with these huge black wings, but you weren't a bad angel. Like you were a good angel, but you were like a warrior angel. And that immediately was what I saw in myself when this all started. That is why I'm not always gentle. I have a sword and I will swing yeah. it. I am mm -hmm. a warrior of light. And sometimes there is, you know, sometimes innocent people get caught in the middle of it. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I am a warrior of light and I will not stop because I spent so much time. I think the reason I can see it, Jody, is because I spent so much time really in dark places as a teenager. I, I hung out with some shady people in some very shady circles and uh, I've spent a lot of time in the darkness and I am very familiar with identifying demons when I see them. It's like I can literally look at them and like, oh, you're a demon. Yes. And I got attacked by so many demons throughout this whole process. I can just look at their Instagram and I'm like, oh, demon block. 
out, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think because I could see them, they could see me seeing them. So they came after me with such force for so long and it did, it made me ill and it wore me out, but, um, or wore me down, I should say, but this is why I am such an advocate for training and staying healthy because we are in an epic battle of good versus evil. And we can't win if we aren't sound in body as well. Like we can be spiritually strong and sound, but we need this meat suit to get around the earth and help people. So this is where I'm so adamant that people get their metabolic health in order Mm -hmm. because you can't fight the darkness if you're sick. Oh, and, and uh, yep, absolutely. You have to, you, and, and, if you're weighed down by health issues, then your mind isn't there. Right. And, and then you just want to keep, you know, staying in your comfortable position because you know nothing about being uncomfortable, you know, and I, and I get that. So we, you know, I, I did want to talk about, I'm going to have to have you back on again. (laughs) We're going to have to do a show because you were just fascinating with, um, you know, uh, being a woman in her forties, looking as amazing as you do. Right. Uh, people, you know, say that like, oh my gosh, you're, I didn't know you were 48 years old or whatever. And I was like, well, just wait till I lose my 40 pounds and and then I'll look another 10 years younger, you know? Um, but yeah, it is about feeling good. So I, we have a couple minutes, tell us about what you do, what you can, uh, you know, how you're helping people and what you can offer. So my bottom line is if folks metabolic health isn't sound, then nothing works. And so your metabolic health is basically just how you process the energy that you take in, meaning the foods you eat. It's, it's that simple. And as of 2018, 94% of us adults had busted cardiometabolic health. It's busted metabolic health is the precursor to type two diabetes. And we, I can imagine that is 10 times worse now than it was in 2018 because of lockdowns, because of what you said, because of the stress and the weight gain that so many people have had because of the chronic stress. Our brains are not designed to handle this level of chronic stress. And so we're in a worse pickle. This was the fodder for COVID. Folks who were metabolically unsounded far worse with COVID than people who were metabolically sound. And this was the message I was trying to share from the beginning because we had this data with the influenza. So we knew it's, you know, it's not the same virus, but they're pretty damn close. So the pushback that I got for preaching metabolic health was that's when I knew something was up. Right. Um, so I'm just trying to help people get their metabolic health in order through simple lifestyle. It's, there's no medication for this. This is simple living and it's through strength training. It's through walking. It's through being a human, you know, we're just fancy mammals with opposable thumbs and a bigger brain. So we need to go outside in the sun. (laughs) We need to eat single uh, ingredient foods and not all of these ultra processed carbohydrates. We need to move our bodies. We need to sweat. We need to have healthy relationships and, you know, healthy living environments. And so that's really my messaging. That's what I talk about constantly on my podcast. It's what I talk about constantly on Instagram. And I was beating this drum long before COVID hit. So it's nothing new. I, I have the same old, it's not sexy. It's the same messaging, but it's critical because Big pharma is making a lot of money off of metabolically busted folks. When your metabolism is unsound, it leads to cardiovascular disease. It leads to dementia. It leads to hormonal imbalance. It leads to weight gain. It leads to inflammation. It leads to all of these things that we're treating with medications. And big pharma is making a fortune off of all of these sort of symptom 
diseases, if you will, they're just symptoms of the root cause, which is busted metabolic health. And at the core of that is usually significant lack of muscle. It's not an obesity issue we have. Dr. Gabrielle Lyon talks about this. We're fighting obesity as a fat issue. It's a lack of muscle issue. Mm-hmm. Really. And it's a an addiction to these ultra refined carbohydrates. I, I've I've known for decades that big food, big agriculture, and big pharma were all in bed and they have far more control over us when we are slow, sick, fat, and dumb. And I don't mean any of that derogatorily. That is their Mm -hmm. agenda. They're hijacking our dopamine circuits and our brains and our bodies with these ultra processed foods that are chemical shit storms and people are gobbling them up. And my big argument is if we're going to fight for medical freedom and medical autonomy, we got to get off that rat race. We got to stop eating that food. We got to stop sucking down the sodas and we got to get off the, all the pharmaceuticals, right? Yep, that's True right. medical autonomy is having autonomy in your health and your body as best we can. I mean, there's a few drugs yeah. we need here and there, but like, come on guys, we got to take ownership and responsibility for our own health. That's right. And you guys can find her at the Dr. Tina show. That's T Y N A. Um, she does it weekly. Uh, you can also go to drtina.com, T Y N A.com. And all of her links will be in the show notes, but that's all the time that we have for today. Friends. Remember we are here Monday through Friday at 10 AM Eastern standard time with a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses as we walk you through all of these hot topics. We will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley. And you can find me here every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Please be sure to like, rate, and send emails if you have any questions um, or comments. Uh, and we will air talk about them on the air. Thank you so much and God bless you all. It's time.